Welcome to the Scoop and School podcast. Do they worry you at all? Are you worried? Ridiculous, What's happening, everybody? Welcome to week 14 of the college football season. Before really getting started here, I do want to address uh, the major controversy from over the weekend. Uh, Can't say a lot, but I will confirm that Rex Chapman is an internet parasite and is pretty much a good-for-nothing bum. Um, But moving on from there to much happier thoughts. Um, Two things to talk about before we get into quote-unquote games that matter. Uh, Sarah Fuller, of course, uh, kicker for Vanderbilt, goalie on the um, Vanderbilt soccer team, comes in as the kicker for the Vanderbilt football team due to uh, some unavailability due to COVID, um, and and takes the care of the second-half kickoff, does a nice squib, uh, like a pooch kick, a directional kick to uh, limit any kind of return, a nice job there. You know, the fact that people on the internet are, you know, saying, oh, anyone could have done that, and, you know, what, how, what, this is a ridiculous publicity stunt. First of all, it was a pretty decent kick in terms of, they, they lost the game 41 nothing. If, if they do a full kickoff there, there's a good thing chance that thing is being returned the other way for a touchdown. And for all of the people out there saying, oh, you know, anyone could have done what she did, I've seen, I would say, a big enough sample size of people trying to kick a football and based on that sample size, I feel pretty comfortable saying, no, you couldn't have done that. There's nothing that makes people look less athletic than going out and trying to kick a football. And, you know, I have a couple listeners out there saying, actually, I'm pretty good at kicking a football. Eh, are you? One of you. One of you is pretty good at it. I agree. And then, like, two of you, you know, might not fully embarrass yourselves, but don't kid yourself, you're not good at it. And then the rest of you are terrible, myself included. So let's enjoy this good thing. Uh, congratulations to Sarah. Really good job. Becomes the first female to play football in a Power 5 collegiate football game. And listen, we're allowed to celebrate what an achievement it is and also think it's funny that she happens to go to Vanderbilt where they're unable to score points or get into field goal range or anything like that. So she literally only had one opportunity to kick the football, and that was uh, the kickoff to open the second half. Um, another outstanding performance was the weekend uh, of the weekend goes to uh, to Buffalo running back Jarrett Patterson ran for 409 yards and eight touchdowns. The eight touchdowns ties a record. Uh, the 409 rushing yards comes up 18 yards short of the record. Uh, if you recall, back in 2014, Melvin Gordon set the rushing yard record, and then the very next week, Samaje Pirine of Oklahoma. Uh, broke that record. Um, You know, in this game, uh, Patterson was pulled on the final drive, which ended up being a rushing touchdown. Uh, So had he gotten that rushing touchdown, he would have set the touchdown record, likely would have been able to break the rushing yardage record. Um, You know, the coach in this situation flat out said he he was unaware of the record situation at the time, and that's why he pulled him. So um, too bad there, had a chance for a place in history, although if it's any consolation, uh, Patterson does hold the record for most rushing yards over a two-game span. That's at 710 yards, so not too bad to uh, be averaging 355 yards per game over two games. Into uh, the, the most important matchups of the week, 
uh, you know, probably the three, certainly three of the four uh, most important outcomes all took place on Friday. Uh, first, we had Iowa State uh, rallying with 10 points in the fourth quarter to beat Texas 23-20. to uh, Iowa State is in good position now to play in the Big 12 championship, likely uh, a second matchup against Oklahoma, who they've already beaten. And for Texas, you know, it's it's more of the same. Um, they they've all three of their losses this year are one score games. This has been you know something of a habit for for Texas during the Tom Herman era is playing and losing uh, one score games. Will Texas decide to move on from Herman? It certainly seems like that is the most likely scenario. Um, if, if they can hire Urban Meyer, I think it's a slam dunk, no doubt about it. You have to do it. If you can't get Urban Meyer, who are your options? Do you, do you go to the guy who just beat you and Matt Campbell? You might have to fight, uh, fight Michigan for him. So certainly uh, something to keep an eye on in terms of the Texas coaching search. Not even a search yet, given that they haven't fired uh, Tom Herman, but uh, certainly sounds like that could be something that is happening sooner rather than later. Uh, Notre Dame went to Chapel Hill uh, and was able to win going away 31-17. to That was zero second-half points for North Carolina after Notre Dame lost its best defensive uh, secondary player to a targeting call. So a really nice job from the Notre Dame coaching staff, a really nice job from a lot of Notre Dame's uh, depth players coming off the bench and securing that win. Really just, it's it's as good as I've felt about Notre Dame maybe ever. Um, they, they just, this is the kind of game that they could have folded and lost. Uh, I certainly felt that way going into the half. Um... After, you know, the, the terrible drive that they gave up th- uh, a third and 18 and then a third and 20 en route to giving up a field goal uh, to North Carolina. And and as part of that drive, the targeting call that knocks Kyle Ham- Hamilton out of the game, I just thought everything was in position for North Carolina to pull away in the second half. Instead, the opposite happened. Uh, give credit to the Notre Dame defense and give credit to the Notre Dame offense for doing what it had to do, uh, going out and scoring a couple touchdowns and running a lot of clock in the process, just such an impressive performance from every single player on that roster and every single coach on that staff. At this point, I, I feel really comfortable saying that Notre Dame is one of the three best teams in the country. Um, if I were doing rankings, I would still have Alabama and Clemson, uh, both of whom, you know, if they were at, at full strength for what they're going to be, I still would give both of those teams the edge over Notre Dame. But unlike, say, in 2018, where I really didn't think Notre Dame had any chance uh, heading into that playoff, I do think uh, Notre Dame would be able to stick with Clemson and be able to stick with Alabama. I mean, they've they've already beaten Clemson, granted slightly shorthanded, um, but certainly they showed that they're capable at the line of scrimmage. They have the athletes, and I think they can do it. So certainly an exciting time to be an Irish fan, and, and we'll be talking about them plenty more in the upcoming weeks. Uh, and then the late game Friday night, uh, Oregon State knocked off Oregon 41-38, to uh, 21 fourth quarter points for the Beavers. It, you know, a, a wild game with bad officiating at the end. Um, that's, you know, just sort of what we can come to expect from the Pac-12. Really, this is just uh, important in that it's it's a goodbye to Oregon. Uh, if, if they had any slim playoff hopes, They don't anymore, and probably at the end of the playoff hopes uh, for the Pac-12 in general, I don't see USC making some kind of meteoric rise up the rankings at this point. 
Uh, and then on Saturday, uh, really the only game on Saturday that had any uh, real meaning, and that was Michigan State knocking off Northwestern 29-20. to Although in the process uh, since that time, Northwestern has clinched the Big Ten West uh, by having their game this week canceled. So even if they lose next week at Illinois, they would still be 5-2 and two and Big Ten West champions. So congratulations to the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, you know, really job, job well done there. I am saying this somewhat facetiously as uh, I just think the Big Ten is uh, not, they're not being leaders or legends this season. Let's leave it at that for now, although I'll be going in a little bit more in just a little bit. Um, also from this weekend, in terms of teams that still matter, Alabama crushed Auburn, Clemson crushed Pittsburgh, uh, Florida crushed Kentucky, and Texas A&M it didn't look great, but still won comfortably over LSU, so no major changes near the top of the polls. And with that, now let's let's probe and go a little bit uh, go a little bit deeper on the Big Ten as I give you my Debraga beef of the week with the Big Ten. Debraga beef, it's the best beef, and it's not just beef. We talked about it. I mean, you can get poultry, you can get you know whatever sort of fancy pork or uh, who knows what they got. I mean, I. You know, I I don't know. Maybe they have kangaroo meat. I used to go to this place on Central Avenue, uh, Brazero. They had kangaroo meat. It was pretty good. So I'm not saying you can get that from DeBraga, but if you're going to get it from anywhere, it's going to be from DeBraga. Um, I might be getting a message uh, after this episode uh, goes live that that the people at DeBraga might might not love this ad read. So for the record, you probably can't get kangaroo meat, but you can get other meat. Um, you know, really good burgers, steaks, salt, whatever you want, except for kangaroo meat. So go to debraga.com, D-E-B-R-A-G-G-A.com. Uh, you know, put whatever you want in that shopping cart. You're going to want to load up because, listen, if depending on where you live, you know, they're sending this stuff to you fresh. They got to get it to you quickly. They got to keep it cool. Um, so, you know, shipping, shipping is not going to be super cheap. That's why you want to load up and get the most bang for your buck possible. And plus, if you're getting the most bang for your buck, you're also getting the most bang for your scoop and score promo code and you use promo code scoop, you get 15% off. I mean, listen, you put $3,000 worth of meat in your shopping cart, 15% off the top of my head, that's $450. Okay. That's quite a deal. $450 off using promo code scoop. Nice job, if you ask me. So go fill that shopping cart with, you know, whatever your heart desires, just not kangaroo meat, and uh, $450 off if you get $3,000 worth of food and uh, and use promo code SCOOP. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And if you need kangaroo meat, you call me on the side. I maybe have a guy for you. Um, here's my beef with the Big Ten. Here's what happened. Let's be real. Back in August, I think, what was it, August 11th, something like that, August 17th, somewhere in that week. Um, I'm just naming dates that are important in my family. Um, <laughs> the Big Ten, on the day it announced that it was not playing a season and that it wouldn't be revisiting the topic, definitely expected the ACC to follow suit and cancel its season. And then at that point, with you know just the Big 12 and the SEC hanging on, there's no chance that a college football season would have gone on. Well, that was a bad assumption by the Big Ten because, of course, the ACC, Big 12, 
and SEC had no problems continuing to play. Then they announced they're coming back. And they're going to come back because they're going to have all these protocols in place that are going to prevent outbreaks. And they're going to put together this season where they're not going to need any bye weeks for potential reschedulings because, you know, they're going to catch this. They're not going to have outbreaks. not going to be a problem. And by coming back, they really fully legitimized the season being played by the other conferences. You know, if, if the Pac-12 and Big Ten just sat this out completely, then they would have at least been able to sit on the sidelines and say, well, you know, they put... Um, their own football programs ahead of public safety, and we weren't willing to do that. So, you know, whatever they want to claim for this, well, we're above that. And it would have been a silly thing to say, but at least they would have had some people agreeing with them, and they would have they would have been able to, you know, stand on some kind of principle. Instead, they see that things are going marginally well uh, through the first month of the season. They want to play. They legitimize they legitimize the season. And then they jump in, and of course, the hubris of they've got this all figured out was ridiculous because they now, as a percentage of their games, have way more cancellations than anyone else. By a lot. Them in the Pac-12, the two that came in late. Shocking. Shocking that it's not a good idea to build a schedule with no leeway in the middle of a global pandemic. It's just, it's, it's a botch from start to finish. By the Big Ten. And I'm not going to go in on Ohio State and whether they deserve to be in or not be in. And because we'll see how things play out. I'm, I've I've gone in on Ohio State plenty over the last two weeks. Let's just wait and see how things play out. And then I can give my thoughts once whatever happens, happens. But just ridiculous. Ridiculous. And my my just a little extra beef, you know, a little beef on the side. A little, a little medal, a beef medallion, if you will. Why does the committee have Georgia ranked eighth? They've played two good teams and got killed by both. That's it. Mini beef. Debraga.com promo code scoop, fifteen percent off your first order. Really good beef. Really good pork chops. Week fourteen. Here we go. I should mention. That in week 13, I went 2-2 two and two with my picks. Uh, Indiana just uh, took care of business, even losing Michael Penix Jr. against Maryland. So that was a loser. Um, Coastal Carolina and Clemson covered oh so easily. And LSU, unfortunately, snuck in the back door against Texas A&M, preventing us from going 3-1. and one. Uh, We're at 2-2, two and two and we're still down a little bit of VIG if, uh, if you're riding with me the whole way at 18-17. and 17. Uh, But we're going to get... Uh, we're going to get ourselves a two-in-one week here and get ourselves into the positive number. Um, I got a list of games here. It's not it's not a great week, but there's at least football to keep you occupied pretty much from noon until midnight, uh, if, if that is your personal preference, as it pretty much is mine. Right at noon, we've got Ohio State at Michigan State. I don't expect Michigan State to really compete into the fourth quarter of this game. But hey, Michigan State likes to mess up other teams' seasons. Uh, They just did it with Northwestern. Uh, Quarterback for Michigan State, Rocky Lombardi, is a fun guy. He likes to launch it downfield. He'll occasionally scramble for for 10 yards when he really needs to. So that is uh, something to keep an eye on there. Also at noon, Texas A&M goes to Auburn. Texas A&M trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. 
Uh, one of my picks this week is Auburn plus seven. Looking at Auburn's home and away splits, they are 4-0 and at home this year with an average margin of victory of 18 points per game. On the road, they're 1-3 with the average scoring margin of negative 13 points per game. So that's a 31 point per game average difference between home and road for Auburn. Playing at home, I think they can handle this Texas A&M team. I like them to win the game outright. Give me the Tigers over the Aggies, and let's say goodbye to the Texas A&M playoff hopes. Next up at 2 o'clock, we've got the game day game, uh, Liberty at Coastal Carolina. I said we're going to just keep riding the shots with the picks um, until, uh, until they let us down. I, listen, I encourage you to keep doing it. They are not one of my picks this year, uh, this week. Liberty's a really solid team, and last I saw, I think the Shunts are laying like 10.5, which just seems like a little bit too much against this Liberty team. But listen, they haven't let us down yet, so, uh, if you want to keep riding with them, I completely support that. That should be, uh, that should be a great game and, and good for Coastal Carolina for getting game day. You know, it's it's a little bit bittersweet uh, for, for Coastal Carolina. And I also think back to the beginning of the year, Wake Forest had game day. Um, you know, these schools getting game day for the first time, but can't really have fans there. Again, it's it's great that they're able to, uh, to host game day, but definitely uh, loses a lot when you can't have the full fan base there enjoying everything. Uh, at 2.30, Notre Dame hosts Syracuse. Uh, again, this is another one where uh, I would I would have certainly considered laying the points. I think I saw 34 as the number to lay uh, if, if you want to take the Irish. I would like it, but I'm just a little bit concerned about how much the starters are going to be playing in the second half of this game. I could legitimately see Syracuse winning the second half, like 7 to nothing after Notre Dame is up 35 nothing at half. So... If anything, I think I would strongly encourage people to play pro-Notre Dame first-half bets. Uh, I think I will personally be uh, making a play on the Syracuse first-half under. Uh, would not surprise me at all if Notre Dame came out and shut out the Orange in the first half en route to something like a 28 or 35 nothing halftime lead. Um, but, you know, who knows how long the, uh, the starters will play in the second half, but should not be a... Uh, should not be a close game. 3.30, Florida goes to Tennessee. Again, nothing about the rosters of these two teams suggest that it should be close, but it is an SEC East rivalry, and when we get this late in the season, there are only so few opportunities for these teams that are contending for playoff spots to get tripped up, so uh, certainly uh, can't hurt to keep an eye on the Gators in that one. Also at 3.30, Indiana at Wisconsin. Mentioned earlier, no more Michael Penix Jr. Um, so that is, uh, that's obviously tough for Indiana. And really, Indiana here, they, if Ohio State is unable to qualify for the Big Ten championship game, Indiana is going to be the Big Ten East representative, regardless of whether they win or lose their games going forward, because outside of Ohio State, no one else in the Big Ten East is even close to uh, the same record as the top two teams there. So this game doesn't really mean a lot. Um, you know, if, if if Indiana loses, it would have its second loss at this point, and, you know, and then it would be just sort of more of a mess if you end up with like a two-loss Northwestern against a two-loss Indiana in the Big Ten Championship game, but again, a lot of dominoes still to fall there. 
4 o'clock, uh, Georgia Tech at NC State. I only mention this one because it's my second pick of the week. I do like NC State laying 7. I have to say this was just a tough week to pick games. I really thought about just leaving it two games, and this is my third, so I won't feel offended if you don't ride with me on this one, but Georgia Tech's not very good, and NC State seems to be decent and certainly decent at home, and as I said in college football, if I think a team is going to win, that means I probably think they're going to win by a touchdown. So listen, if they win by seven and it's a push, what can you do? But uh, I could certainly see them winning this game by two scores and uh, and getting over that touchdown margin. So lay the seven with the Wolfpack uh, in that one. 7.30, Clemson at Virginia Tech. Uh, Clemson wins this game. They set up the rematch with Notre Dame uh, in the ACC championship game. Um, going on also uh, at, at 8 o'clock, I think, is Miami and Duke. So if Miami beats Duke and Clemson loses to Virginia Tech, then Miami takes over the driver's seat position to get into the ACC title game. But uh, I do not expect the Tigers to have much trouble with the Hokies. But as we said with, with Florida and Tennessee, at this point in the season, uh, you know, really just few chances for teams to get tripped up. So might as well see what happens there. Uh, also at 8 o'clock, Alabama at LSU. Not much to say. It was one of the games of the year last year. It usually is one of the games of the year. It will not be one of the games of the year this year. Uh, the tide should absolutely roll. And the last game, uh, last game to mention here, Baylor at Oklahoma. My final pick of the week. I like Oklahoma laying 21 uh, here. Since that uh, Red River rivalry game, Oklahoma is five and zero with a average. Uh, scoring margin of 28 points per game. I would say that Baylor is not among the better teams that, that Oklahoma will have played during this stretch. Therefore, I think they can win this game by four touchdowns easily, maybe five. Oklahoma really seems to be hitting their stride. I think that's the situation. You're going to have the cover at halftime and uh, and not have to sweat too much in the second half if you back the Sooners there. So the three picks of the week, Auburn plus seven, NC State minus seven, Oklahoma minus 21. I think we could be getting to 3-0, get ourselves to 21 and 17, a little bit of breathing breathing room uh, in the plus money category. Aside from that, I don't think I have a lot to talk about. Um, There's just not not many big-time games this coming week, and we're still a little bit you know, the, the, the playoff picture is still a little bit too hazy without knowing who's going to play. Um, I'm sure next week uh, there will be more to talk about as we determine whether or not Ohio State is going to uh, get a sixth game in in order to qualify for the Big Ten championship and things like that. So sorry for the short episode this week, um, but uh, I, I hope we I hope we pick some winners. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and uh, I look forward to uh, to talking to you all next week. Rex Chapman, you're a chump. That concludes the Scoop and Score podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.